Welcome to the Strategic Planning Podcast with financial coach Mike Flanders. With more than 40 years of experience in the financial services industry, Mike knows the X's and O's that'll help you achieve your financial goals. It's time for the Strategic Planning Podcast. Back here for the second part of Are There Universal Retirement Truths with Mike Flanders and our special guest, Philip Corson, joining us as we're talking about the retirement journey that is unique to all of us, but there are those universal things, those universalisms, I like to say, uh, that apply to all of us. We're all going to need income in retirement. We're all going to have some sort of health care issues come up, going to the doctor, whatever the case is. There's always going to be something, right? So these things will apply to all of us in a general kind of broad way, but how you break it down and, and develop something for the individual is truly where working with a financial professional comes into place. And if you need some help with that, that's what Mike and Philip are here for. So reach out to them if you're not already working with them at Strategic Planning Corporation by visiting them online at spcinvesting.com. That's spcinvesting.com. If you are working with the team, then make sure that you you know share the podcast or let others know about it so they can uh, you know hopefully gather some information, useful nuggets of information uh, from the show as well. So we're going to dive into the other five from our prior episode. If you did not listen to it, you don't have to in order to enjoy or get something from this episode, but it wouldn't be a bad idea to go check it out as well. And with that said, guys, welcome in. Mike, how are you, buddy? I'm good, but I, you know, I, I think they do have to listen to it because it was so good. Well, uh, you're biased. <laughs> I'm a little biased. That's right. <laughs> you doing all right, my friend? Yeah, we, we are. We're having a good time uh, enjoying this uh, joint podcasting together with Philip. And uh, just in case you did not listen to the last one, Philip is an associate of mine in Strategic Planning Corporation. He and I are both investment advisors there. But uh, Philip also has a law firm, legacy law firm, and he is an estate and elder law attorney there uh, serving North and South Carolina. So Very cool. I'm real excited to be associated with him over these last dozen or so years. I Very cool. Yeah. yeah. 10, 10 or 15 now. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, thanks, Philip, for being here again. We appreciate your time. You're welcome, Mark. Glad yeah. to uh Glad to take part. Yeah, and so we've and we've got uh, at least one on here that's right up your alley. So we're gonna. Although you've had some great answers for the other ones as well, uh, since so obviously you are working on your CFP, correct? I am, but I'll just sit back and wait for the one that, um, <laughs> that you get. To, that get to, you get to hit the home run ball on, right? There you go. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, or in this case, you get to, maybe you get to uh, you know be the running back and and run over those bulldogs with it. Maybe I don't there know. Go. There you go, Mike. <laughs> I figured you were going to yell at me, Mike, because I was talking about the bulldogs. I know those dogs. I tell you what. <laughs> I know. I'm just teasing you. All right. Well, let's get into it a little bit here. We got five more to go through, and so let's jump right in and get rocking and rolling here. Diversification, boys, is essential essential for risk management. This is a universal truth, I think, that we could probably agree on as well. Because if you think about the term diversification, not just in your portfolio for your assets, guys, but also for you know your tax strategy, being diversified there, right? Lots of ways you could apply the term diversification to many things in the financial services world. Yeah, it's very true. Um, diversification in all areas of your life can be can be important, especially when when it comes to when it comes to retirement savings in particular, your portfolio, there's always certain segments of the market that are doing good and others that aren't. So it's it's really important to have things that balance each other out. Yeah. And I, I, I'll say this, too. You know, in our last podcast, we kind of ended up on cash and, uh, you know, being and having a lot of money in cash. And, right. 
and, and all like that. But you know, there in terms of diversification, there is that place for it. If, for instance, if you're taking income of off of your investments to supplement your social security, possibly a pension, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. That you know, like Philip was saying, sometimes we do get into some down markets. I mean, and normally there is something that's going up, but sometimes there's just an overwhelming down market. And so you might want to say, Hey, I wish I could slow down or stop the income distributions from my investments while they are kind of in a down downward trend. Right. And if you have some cash on the sidelines that you could draw from in order to help supplement your continue supplement your income, plus reducing expenses and things like that to, you know, just live in a realistic world, you know, things aren't as easy right now. So let's cut back some places. Then, you know, that cash can keep you from having to draw down when things are lower priced and wait for a recovery to occur and, and then go back into your Yeah, because you're not, you're basically not getting double, double whammy there, Mike, is what you're exactly. saying, right? Yeah. Exactly. So the diversification works there too, mm-hmm. as well as, you know, having different types of assets so that they do operate well together and and smooth out the ride. Yeah, I mean, in different times, right? I mean, we could we could highlight the the very unusual situation we saw last year, Mike, in in twenty two, where typically the standard is sixty forty portfolio, right? So you're sixty percent in you know equities, you're in the market, you got forty percent in in bonds, right? And that's kind of like been the tried and true. But last year, both of them took a beating, right? So you'd think, yeah. well, God, what do I do to be diversified there? But unfortunately, what happens for a lot of people is they wind up just all ultimately having a lot of the same thing in the stock market and feel like they're diversified because they went to five different companies and they bought 10 different mutual funds and boom, I'm diversified. And unfortunately, you're not because you probably have large cap in just about all of it. That's correct. Yep. Yeah. I can't tell you how many times we've looked at portfolios. And once you look inside of those funds and what's what's actually in there, what you said, Mark, is exactly true. Um and sometimes people think, though, well, you know, so what? It's all in the S and P five hundred. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a lot of stuff. You know, right. five hundred companies. I'm very diversified. <laughs> yeah, but what's the breakdown? And usually, what is it about about ten companies are making up about what seventy percent of the S and P? Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And it's, if you're tech heavy, you're really in trouble. Oh yeah, because yeah. that's the one that's really kind of driving a lot of things there too, and and yeah, there's a lot of overlap. You know, you, I got ten different ones, and you know, maybe Microsoft or something like that's in all of them. Well, the problem is, is if they, you know, if one goes down, they all go down, right? So you're you're down all across the board. So being diversified uh, in different asset classes and different types of things in the market, maybe large cap, small cap, international markets, so on and so forth, not a bad idea. And the same thing with taxes, right? You want to have maybe some different tax diversification buckets. You've got your now tax, later tax, things of that nature, stuff we preach on the show on a regular basis. So again, diversification, universal truth going to affect us all. Number seven. Right, Mark. By the way, uh, the last time you mentioned something about your wife Mm -hmm. and um, um, her being able to pick you up at 46 or not being able to do so at a later age. And I was going to offer her a job as a financial advisor in our firm because that's pretty good advice. Uh, You you just (laughs) get some home runs there, buddy. I mean, bring you in too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I've been talking about this for a while and I I, I learn from the best, right? So I hear you guys talking. I pay attention. That's why that's why these podcasts are good to listen to because you definitely learn a lot of stuff, uh, and I am not. I what is that? What was that little commercial? I uh, I'm not a doctor. I just play one on TV. Play one on TV. Yeah. That's right. I'm not a financial advisor. I just play one on the radio, so to speak, or podcast. Uh, <laughs> number seven of our total ten guys. Emotions can be our worst enemy. Well, there's a news flash. If you've been on this planet more than about a week, you know that, right? And no matter what walk of life. Yeah. Um, 
greed, fear, panic. I mean, uh, it, it, it regret. Uh, there are all, all kinds of emotions that drive us to make decisions that may, may not be in our best interest. And um, so, yeah, it's it's something that you want to have a plan to follow and be confident that the plan is is workable and it's it's right needs to be something you can understand Mm -hmm. so that when these things come along and you hear from all kinds of places uh you know just to turn the ears off and move on because it's it's not good advice you're getting uh, that is driving those emotions to do something different well when the sky is falling right it's we tend to panic because this is our money and we're very very attached to and how we feel about our money right so having a third party, having another person like you and Philip, you know, having you guys there as that sounding board is a great resource and outlet to go, Hey, I'm on the ledge here. Help me out. Talk me down. Let me know what to do kind of thing. Yeah. I think, I think that's a good point. And it's, it's not just when things are going bad. Sometimes when things are going good, we get greedy and we make bad decisions on that side too. That's true. Uh, we want to double down on things that don't make sense to do. Yeah, right. uh, we we don't want to diversify and sell what's high and buy what's low when we should be rebalancing. So it it, it does help, and I think just getting that outside input sometimes. A, a lot of times we know the right thing to do, mm-hmm. but we have a hard time convincing ourselves to do it, and it can oh, really help sure. to have that sounding board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that, and there's definitely behavioral management is really a factor that uh, has been identified as a key component of what you guys do as financial professionals. It's really sometimes just a lot of the tools out there are the same for everybody, but it's the behavioral management part of it that we're doing is trying to really kind of be that, that voice of reason uh, when we're our own worst enemy. And it's easy to do. How, how many people have gone out to the boat show or the RV show and been like, eh, I have no interest. And all of a sudden you come back and you're like, I'm going to buy a $100,000 RV because <laughs> it looks <laughs> really cool, right? Uh, and you yeah. blow up your plan. Now, it doesn't mean that you guys are the money police and you're saying no, but it's just simply you didn't plan for it. Let's take a look and make sure before you do it that we don't wreck things, right? Yep, exactly. Yeah. So, And I'm not saying that I did that by any chance or I'm not throwing myself under the bus. Maybe I might have gone and looked at one. I don't know. (laughs) Let's let's do number eight, guys. Tax implications matter. Clearly, it's not what you make. It's what you keep. Any kind of cliche you want to go with there works well. But I mentioned it earlier, different tax buckets. But taxes are super important, and they're only going to become more of an issue as we uh, deal with this $32 trillion in debt. Yeah, I don't know too many people that are predicting taxes to go down in the future. And so we certainly need to think about that. Yeah. And, um, you know, so when you, when you do think about that sort of thing, it's good to have some tools in your pocket that uh, you can utilize, you know, like having some money that's taxable later, some money that's taxable now. I mean, and you got to consider based on where you are, what your resources are to accumulate money, but if you're before retirement and, and, and so you're aiming at a certain lifestyle in retirement, is your tax bracket based on just what we know now, we can't project into the future. But uh, as Philip said, not many people think that we're going to have lower taxes later on with all the debt we've got to service in the country. But if, if your tax bracket later on is going to be the same as it is now, uh, you know, it, should you do Roth uh, IRAs? Should you do traditional IRAs? Or what if your tax bracket is going to be lower in retirement? Now you might have a different strategy, or if it's going to be higher in retirement, that changes it too. So just being aware of that impact 
uh, can drive you how you actually accumulate your money, where you you put it, and uh, some of the things you do, and yep. um, all kinds of tools that you can use there. It's amazing, and yeah. I can tell you. Yeah, because most of my clients in the elder law world certainly are are older. Mm-hmm. One of the big regrets they have is not having not moving that money to where it would be tax free forever mm-hmm. earlier on. Yeah, um, you know, because they thought, well, when I'm in retirement, my I won't have as much income. My tax bracket will be lower. I'll take the money out of the IRA then, and then that wasn't the case at all. Right, um, they were actually paying more and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, that's a, that's a great point, Philip. Because I mean, that's what we're taught, right? That's what's pounded into our head is that uh, you know, put it in the four hundred one k, save, 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 and then when we get to retirement, we'll be in a lower tax bracket, and so on and so forth. And that's a great point about the the elder law side of things too. And if you're leaving something behind, wouldn't you want to leave it tax efficiently to your to your kids or grandkids? I mean, I think I, I think most of us would. Yeah, especially because they're probably going to be in the peak earning years of their lives yeah. in the highest tax brackets there are. Yeah, for sure. All right. Uh, well, number nine, and we'll circle back to that in a second because I got a question on that here when we get to number 10. But number nine, retirement doesn't mean disengagement from work. So the days of retiring and, and Whitland on the front porch. That's right. We're in North Carolina. I said, I said Whitland. Uh, if we, you know, those days are gone. And, you know, my wife and I were just joking about this not long ago. We were watching some old episodes of the Golden Girls. Uh, you know, such still such a funny show, even this day, all these years later. But they're in their 50s on that show. And I oh, turned wow. and I turned fifty two on Saturday this week, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, I do not look that old, right? So like the seventy is the new fifty. That stuff's really true, right? The longer like society wise, I, I think there's many people out there who certainly are feeling good and feeling much better than they thought their than their parents were at fifty, right? And they're at fifty or sixty or whatever that looks like. And so maybe now it, the term the the hot buzzword guys is is work optional, right? But I think that's a great word for that because just because you retire from the a big gig doesn't mean you might not want to do other things. Yeah, I have a lot of people that say, you know, when I finish up and and ready to retire, start taking my social security, my pension, or what have you, I think I'd like to do something that I've always wanted to do or dreamed about being able to do, or something that I would enjoy. Mm-hmm. It's, it's amazing to me how many people say I want to do a job I really enjoy. They've not been doing something they've enjoyed, and I, I hate that for them, but. Uh, you know, it is a great opportunity to explore some new things and vitality with age these days. Yeah. Go for it. Yeah. And you really have to have whatever stage of life you're in, but especially in retirement, you have to have some reason to get out of bed in the morning, something to do that you look forward to. Mm -hmm. And if you don't, I mean, that's, that's uh, a guaranteed way to shorten your life expectancy. It is. Yeah. Go sit down on the porch and die. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, unless that's, unless that's your goal. So don't get me wrong. I mean, there could be somebody who says that's what I wanted to do. I've worked my absolute fingers to the bone and you know, whatever the case is. And I just want to sit and relax and uh, work on my, you know, woodworking or whatever, then, hey, there's nothing wrong with that either. But I think most of us do realize that we're still want to stay. And we start to realize, too, even if we do that for a little while, that eventually we are like, our body just kind of goes, yeah, you need to get up and move, you know. You need to get yeah. up and do some things. So, right. um, And you want to have some flexibility about yeah. it, too. I know I've yeah. seen, like yeah. my dad, you know, he started out, he thought he wanted to do some work, and he was a photographer, well, uh, worked for Kodak. He wasn't a photographer as an occupation, but he thought he wanted to do a little bit of that. Okay. 
realized, no, that's not fitting well with me. I think I'll go play golf. And he got tired of that after a while. And he, he was willing to move. He got involved with some missions work with his church and, you know, just different things. So, yeah, I mean, exactly. always opportunities that you can move to. You're not stuck again. Right. You know, yeah. It doesn't like have that. to be for a paycheck, right? Mike, maybe you're not working right. because you need to pad the numbers. Now that might not be the worst thing either, but maybe you're just, you would just volunteer at the animal shelter because you love dogs or whatever. There so, yeah. Right. All right, final one, guys, and uh, and Philip, we're going to definitely tee this one up for you. Estate planning is not just for the Rockefellers, right? So I think I think this mindset has gotten better. You tell me uh, what you think, but I think for a number of years, people would even say, "Oh, you have a financial advisor. Oh, you must be rich, right?" Uh, you know, I think people had this mindset that you only go to a financial advisor or an estate planning attorney or something like that if you're really well off, and that's just not really the case. It's not the case at all, and it's it's a sad situation. I mean, right in the in the area we're in right now, about seventy percent of the people that die don't even have a simple will. Mm-hmm. And basically, what you're doing is you're just um, turning things over to the government to decide what happens. And I don't know, you know, maybe you want the government plan, but <laughs> it's usually but, not a very good one. It's yeah. usually not a very good one. And sometimes r- totally unexpected things happen. A lot of times people think, well, I'm married. Everything will automatically go to my spouse, but sure. that's rarely the case. Wow. So it's important to have a plan. And and I would also say that estate planning isn't just for older people either. Mm. Mm, um, great point. I think almost, I think disability is almost worse mm. to deal with from a legal standpoint than death. Mm. And you certainly don't want to put your spouse or your kids in the position of having to go to court to be able to take care of things and for you affairs, later right? in yeah. life. Yeah. And it's not as costly as people think it is either. Is that fair, Philip? Well, I think there's some really good resources out there that can make it, um, it, it really makes it to the point where there's no excuse not to have a will. Mm, great point. There, there's an organization I'm affiliated with. It's called freewill.com, and it's exactly what it sounds like. You can go on there and do a will for free. And I'm not suggesting people shouldn't talk to an attorney, but those resources are out there. Yeah. Yeah. I, and, and, you know, I, as I've worked over these, like I said, last dozen or more years with Philip, uh, I have become much more aware of the critical nature of consulting with someone that is adept at all of the uh, aspects of the, the legal world when it comes to disability, death, um, you know, guardianships, uh, just on and on and on. There's there's really, it's worth the money. Let me put it that way. Yeah, I would agree. It's one, it's one area of the law, I think, that you do get your money's worth. You do. We almost. <laughs> that's, that's a great point coming from a lawyer, right? Yeah, right. Well, it, it's, uh, we almost always save the family time, money, just emotional pain too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah. Well, there's there's the privacy aspect too, right? So like for whatever reasons, you know, maybe you just want privacy involved. And so maybe it's worth looking at a trust or something like that. It, there's just a lot of reasons to consider it. But even the basics to your point, Philip, there's just kind of no excuse for not getting it done, especially when a lot of it's pretty easy to get accomplished. And why put your family through it if you don't have to? Mm, yeah. Absolutely. It's, it's so easy to get done. And it's, um, it's also something that people should look at as the years go by. So yeah. it's not a, it's not a set it and forget it thing. I have lots of clients who they did a will when they were, um, when the kids were born and then before they knew it, 20 years passed by. Yeah. And, I mean, nothing stays the same. Your health changes, your finances change. And, um, Relationships get added in with grandchildren. Yeah, the, so uh, 
people die. Yeah, right. Yeah, I was taught to to use the four Ds. So mm-hmm. to update it, you know, so if you've got a divorce, a disability, death in the family, and uh, what was the fourth one? Or at least once a decade, right? If nothing uh, else, use those four Ds as a minimum uh, to change. You know, to take a look with you at your designations, your beneficiaries, and make those make those changes. And there's nothing that makes me happier than to sit down with a family. And find out they don't need to make any changes. Mm. Uh, Great. And just to have that peace of mind that everything is still okay. Yeah. Um, much better than than worrying. Uh, wondering. Yeah. yeah wondering. wondering how, yeah. 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 Right. Great point. Definitely. Well, there you go, folks. So that's top 10, or not top 10, but just 10 universal truths that really affect us all. Uh, that make uh, all of us kind of similar in that same respect because we're all, you know, living, breathing humans here on this planet. So uh, we're going to get older. We're going to need some things in retirement, and there's some universal things that affect us all. But how it affects your unique situation truly is different from person to person. What Philip needs is different than what Mike needs, which is different than what I need, and so on and so forth. So, again, reach out to him. Have a conversation. Get on the calendar. No cost or obligation to have that initial chat and find out what you need to do. Uh, with some strategic planning. And that's uh, where you can find the guys online, spcinvesting.com. That's spcinvesting.com. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple, Google, or Spotify. We'd certainly appreciate it. And you can catch future episodes as well by simply hitting the little heart or follow button, whatever it happens to be on whatever app you use. Type in strategic planning in the search box of those apps or just visit the website, spcinvesting.com. Philip, thanks for hanging out and doing a couple of shows with us. Loved, loved having you and look forward to maybe having you again. Yeah. You're welcome, Mark. I enjoyed it and made it very, um, very easy. I appreciate it. And Mike, my friend, as always, good chatting with you. Talk to you in a couple of weeks. Sounds great, Mark. Thank you so much. Yes, sir. We'll see you next time right here on Strategic Planning with Mike Flanders and Philip Corson. Information is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action.